in the heart of Central Texas, it's the Best of the Outdoors podcast. Brought to you by Texas Fish and Game Magazine, the voice of the Texas Outdoor Nation. I'm your host, Dustin Vaughn Warnke, author, outdoor writer, videographer, blogger, speaker, and podcaster. And I'm so excited that you took the opportunity to listen to our show today. Whether you have downloaded the show or whether you are listening and streaming it online, I appreciate the time that you've taken to uh, sit and listen to the show, and uh, I hope to bring you a lot of value in this podcast as I do every podcast. And I'm really excited about today because it's another solo podcast with yours truly with me. And uh, I get to talk to you about an article that I wrote that uh, it's kind of a long article, so I decided to do a podcast on it because it's kind of an important thing. And we'll get into that in a second. Before I uh, do that, a little bit of housekeeping. If you would please go on iTunes or wherever you found this uh, podcast. We're on FM Player. We're on um, Stitcher Radio. We're on iTunes. We're on Podbean. However you found us, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. And uh, give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. And uh, we would just really love and appreciate that. And uh, that helps more people find the show and helps our show grow organically. And that's the kind of stuff we want to happen. So... Um, I'm really excited about that and uh, excited about the show today. So today we're going to talk about an article that I wrote back in late June. Actually, it was last fall that I wrote this article originally for an outdoor retailer that's no longer in business anymore. So their website was going down. So was my article. So I decided to take it over to fishgame.com, which is our Texas Fishing Game, Texas Outdoor Nation website. And uh, the article is titled, Top 10 Things to Look for When Hiring a Hunting or Fishing Guide or Outfitter. And this is a cool article, I think, because if you've never hired a guide or an outfitter, and if you've been in the outdoors for long, most likely you have, but if you've never done it, I want to kind of go over some of the pitfalls and things that I've learned over the years, and I'll tell you my experience in just a minute of how I know what I know about hiring a guide or an outfitter, and um, some stuff you may not have known about me, your humble host, and um, that also if you've been down this road before and you have hired a guide or an outfitter for a hunting or fishing adventure or any kind of other outdoor adventure, these are just some notes and some things that you can look forward to in the future when you look to hire another one the next time. So I'm really excited about this one, and I've got 10 points that I'm going to cover in this podcast that I covered in the article. The article was over 3,000 words, but the cool thing is I got over 500 views of the article and 19 shares on Facebook, which isn't huge, but it's still a little bit better than what I expected when I put this article out because it is so long. So that really makes me feel good that you know people are liking the article and sharing it and finding it helpful and useful, and that is why I write, So and that's also why I speak on this microphone. So... Um, but thank you so much again for checking out our show. So we're going to talk about a couple of different things. I'll tell you real quick about my experience in the outdoor industry. I got started about 10 years ago this month here in August. I got started in the outdoor industry uh, professionally, and I started building websites for hunting ranches and fishing guide services and bow fishing guide services um, back in 2006 when I started working with DB Hunting Ranch, which is right here in Central Texas. They are a high-fenced um, day hunt style ranch that basically um, uh, has been around for, I want to say, uh, near 14 years or so. I started working with them about 10 years ago, 
And I will have Danny Berry, the owner of DB Hunting Ranch, on the show at some point. I keep on trying to talk him over to get him over to my house to record a podcast because that's where this originates from is my home office here in my little studio in uh, Central Texas. And he's only about 30 minutes away, so I plan to get him in studio. But the basic thing is when I started doing this, uh, this work in the outdoor industry, I started also going on a bunch of guide trips, too, with fishing guides on the coast of Texas. I've been to Costa Rica. I've been to Bermuda on incentive trips with my day job back then and uh, I've hired guides and outfitters at both of those places and um, then also you know just just a lot of individual experience I've gone on hunting trips with guides and outfitters I've gone on fishing trips with guides and outfitters I've gone on bow fishing trips with guides and outfitters so I have a little bit of experience and kind of know what to look for and I hope to help you in your next booking with uh with a uh, guide or outfitter on this uh on this journey we call life so i'm really excited about this so the first question i ask is is this guide or outfitter a true expert in what they do and i say that it seems like a really simple question for me to ask that as a first question that seems a little silly i get that but the thing is that i'm trying to go for is there's so many fly-by-night guides that are just getting started and that aren't really experts in what they're doing yet. They love to fish or they love to hunt, but they're not really truly experienced on bringing people on a hunting or fishing trip. So I know a couple of guides that I work with. Bill Carey's one of them. He's the owner of Striper Express out of Lake Texoma. Wonderful fishing guide. Him and his son Chris uh, run Striper Express together, and it's just a great, great um, place and just great uh, fishing opportunities there. And uh, he's a true expert. He's been doing it for some like something like 35 years, you know, fishing on that lake and been a fishing guide. And, and I don't know what he did before then, but all I've ever known him as is a fishing guide. And he's incredible at it. So his son grew up around the business. You can trust both of them that they're going to be good for for business. And then I have a fishing guide on Lake Livingston, who is uh, Dave Scott Cox. His uh, guide service is called Palmetto Guide Service, and he is a true expert at what he does. In fact, one of the students that was with him, or youth, I should say, not students, youth that was with him recently caught the uh, lake record and junior state record, I believe, Gaspar Goo, uh, freshwater drum. And uh, that was a pretty cool thing. So I thought that was a neat little thing to mention on the show. You can see that, I believe it is in the August issue of Texas Fishing Game. Um, we have his his picture and his, uh, his accreditation on there of, of catching that record. But again, you're dealing with experience here. You know, you're dealing with somebody that has the experience to catch the fish, to have the experience to go out and have a pleasurable time on the water. You want somebody that is an expert. You don't want somebody that's just, you know, flying by the seat of the pants and just barely starting out and barely trying to figure it out. Uh, you know, and, and just getting started in the business. So it's easy to start a guide business. All you really need is a business card and a website or even less than that, a Craigslist listing. You know, there's some guys that just get by by running a business on Craigslist. And the nice thing about our industry is that bad businesses usually do not last long and the market quickly weeds them out. But if you see any warning signs, it's time to move on. And um, the, as I say in the article, there are plenty of other fish in the sea, so to speak. So <laughs> there's a lot of good guys out there. Search for one that has the experience to be an expert on what they do. That's very important. Question number two, is this guide or outfitter understanding of my needs and desires? So that's also another good question. One of my fishing guides, Marty McIntyre, the owner of GarQuest, G-A-R-Q-U-E-S-T, GarQuest.com is his website. And uh, he is a great fishing guide because he tailors every trip to each of his clients' needs. Uh, whether they have a 
party and they just want to hang out and have fun and just if they shoot something that's great if they don't that's great you know he deals with many people like that that would just rather sit back and relax on their trip uh and just have fun but he deals with some guys that are kind of in a trophy quest mentality where they really want to get in there and catch that big trophy guard shoot that big trophy guard with the, with a bow and uh, reel that in and bring it into the boat and um he he knows how to guide a trip where it's all business you know uh, he does a really great job of that. So, you know, are they understanding of your needs and your desires? You can figure that out pretty easily by asking just a couple of qualification questions when you start working with the guide or outfitter. Do you understand, you know, what what I'd like to do, you know, on this trip? It, can you handle that, you know? And those kind of things that are that are important because, uh, you know, you, you need to deal with a guy that, that can cater to your experience level and uh, and what you want to do find someone that really understands your needs and desires so it's not hard to hard to do at all uh number three does the guide or outfitter have the heart of a teacher or a heart of a salesman i get that from dave ramsey he's one of the guys i listen to he's a financial uh radio show host and uh he always talks about financial planners whether they have the heart of a teacher or the heart of a salesman and in that regard, what he's saying is, you know, are they really trying to teach you how to be a better fisherman or hunter? Or they're trying to sell you the next trip or sell you the next thing on their trip or, you know, whatever like that. You want somebody that's going to be a great, um, a great fishing guide or a great hunting guy that's going to teach you and have the heart of a teacher, not just trying to get your business to come back again and not just trying to get you to, um, to, you know, spend more money. And, um, you know, the, a true fishing guide or hunting guide is going to put your interests on the front burner. They're going to take care of your needs. They're going to, you know, look for what you want to do and, and teach you the best that they can. So you can go out and do that kind of thing on your own one day, or you can, um, you know, go back with them again and learn more. And that's the whole point of what we try to do is teach each other how to do things in the woods or on the water. So another question, number four, do they have the insurance or other protection if the unexpected happens that's not a bad question to ask either we don't ask people to come work on our house that don't have a bonded license you know or aren't bonded and insured or anything like that we ask people to come work on our house that have all those qualifications and the insurance and everything like that in case the unexpected happens it's the same thing you should ask in the case of your guide or outfitter you want to basically make sure your safety is going to be a primary concern and your well-being is going to be a primary concern but you also want to make sure that you, um, you know, they have the insurance to protect themselves and they have the insurance to protect you. And that's very important as well. So those are, those are all good things to consider, uh, especially if you leave the country. I left the country one time. This is about 10 years ago when I went to Costa Rica. And we were driving four-wheelers. It was a guided excursion to, uh, to go ride ATVs all around the, uh, the, the mountains and everything. And I just had a feeling that there had been an accident or two before me, you know, and people that have driven off a cliff or something like that. And, you know, what do you do if something like that happens? You know, what do you do when the absolutely unexpected? What if you do, you know, somebody falls off of a boat? You know, do you have the things that I need to to, you know, take care of me? Um, do you have the right insurance or does your guide or outfitter have the right insurance to handle things? So um, those are some good questions. So, you know, just finding out what insurance they have and do they have the required insurance that they should have for this trip, for this adventure, those are the right questions to ask and find out if you have enough insurance on yourself, your policy to cover you, especially, again, if you're out of country. 
uh, or out of state or whatever the case may be. If you're traveling a long way, you know, you want to make sure you take care of yourself and, and, and take care of, you know, anything that, that you can take care of, you know, in case the unexpected happens. So, uh, that's another good point. Number five, what does an outing with them require of you? That's a good question. Um, you know, there's no secret that the biggest part of a good relationship is good communication. I know I've said that on this show before. Um, you know, it's just about taking the opportunity to visit with them about your limitations, maybe. You know, if you have a bum knee or a bad back or anything like that that might prevent you from doing everything that's required, especially like if you look at an elk hunting trip. Uh, that's out of state, you know, or even one here in the mountains of Texas or, you know, wherever the case may be. If you're going to be doing a lot of strenuous activity, you want to make sure you let the guide or outfitter know of all the different things that could be going, you know, that, that could be a limitation for you and could be a factor for you. That way he knows to, um, to be, you know, prepared for that. And uh, that way you have good communication up front. That's very important. And a lot of this all boils down to just asking good questions, you know, and just uh, being open and honest with everybody uh, that you deal with. So, um, you know, the unexpected doesn't come up, you know, that, oh goodness, I've got to walk three miles and I can't, I can't feel like I can make it past one mile, you know, and, uh, you've got to have, you know, there's got to be arrangements made for your condition, whatever the case may be, whether you've got a bum knee or a bad back, like I said, or, uh, whatever the case may be. Um, you just want to take care of, uh, of those kind of things up front before you get started on your journey together with your guide or outfitter. Number six, what kind of gear or equipment do I need or does the guide have or or does the guide or outfitter supply it? That's a good question when it comes to a fishing trip or a hunting trip or a bow fishing trip. You know, most guides have the equipment that you need. I used to sell hunts down in Mexico and one of the things that uh, came up with is transporting a gun down to Mexico. And that's kind of a big thing down here in Texas that we uh that we talk about because it's not an easy feat to get a gun licensed and get it down to mexico and back with you and that kind of stuff on your hunt and um that's one of the things that i would definitely use as a concern to uh, ask those questions in advance what do i need what does he have that i need what do i need to bring with me um i'll never forget one of the one of the uh cold water fishing trips that i went to back in I guess it was a couple of years ago in December and it was the first time I was on this lake it was December or January I believe and it was cold I believe it was December because I corrected this come January when we went on this trip again um and it was just freezing cold the water would splash up past the boat it was a fishing trip and um I did not wear enough waterproof clothing. I basically did. I thought I was wearing something that was Scotch guarded and it wasn't. And it was just a big mess. I just got soaking wet and was cold and just miserable. And so the next time I went and bought myself a pair of Rocky boots, um, some uh, parka, some bibs and some uh, Rocky parka and Rocky bibs. And uh, those are all water, water fast, water safe, um, waterproof uh, gear and uh the boots are waterproof the bibs are waterproof the park is waterproof the water splashed on me it was like water on a duck's back it just fell right off and uh didn't bother me again i will never go on another cold water trip without having enough cold weather gear you know um it was just a mess with dealing with that and just being miserable and then having to dry your clothes out and that kind of stuff uh if you have the right gear on you don't have to worry about any of that stuff so it's about asking the right questions 
So one of the things that um, my bow fishing guy, Marty McIntyre, I talked about GarQuest earlier in the show, he always asks, is, uh, is the person right-handed or left-handed that's coming on the trip? Because he has to know who is going to be using, uh, you know, what kind of bow on the trip. You know, if they're going to be using a right-handed or a left-handed bow, he needs to know how many of each to have on his boat because he has both, you know. Or will you be bringing your own fishing equipment? You know, what equipment do, does the guide need to have with you? Um before you or or whatever the case may be that's just a good idea to uh to ask those questions and make sure that you get that out of the way so you know you come prepared you know and i'm a boy scout from way back when you know that's the the boy scout motto is be prepared so that's something that i'm a really big proponent of is asking those questions and being prepared number seven what kind of overall reputation does this guide or outfitter have now, there's no excuse for this anymore because we can find, unless your guide or outfitter has no reputation at all, we can find out whether or not you have a good reputation or not by social streaming services now, such as YouTube, such as Google reviews, such as Yelp, such as uh, Thumbtack. There's all kinds of places you can review professional guides or outfitters or anglers or hunters or whatever the case may be. You can easily find, you know, that information online. It's pretty easy. You can find it from the palm of your hand. Right now we have one of the best tools in the palm of our hands, which is our smartphone now, that we can basically, you know, find out whatever we want to know about anybody. And uh, so I like to search a lot of the forums here in Texas. We have the Texas Fishing Forum, which has a lot of guide and outfitter reviews. We have the Texas Hunting Forum, which has a whole section dedicated to guides and outfitters. Um, we have, um, Yelp, we have Thumbtack, we have, you know, a bunch of different services out there to check out. I even found a positive or two positive reviews on one of my fishing guides websites that I work with Dave Cox, uh, from Palmetto Guide Service. He had two positive reviews that I pulled off of Thumbtack and put on his website because I thought they were so glowing and just wonderful reviews. And, um, I really thought that was neat and he didn't even know they were up there. So people were reviewing them on places he didn't even know. So that was kind of special and uh and neat and so there's a lot of ways you can find out about things uh visiting with people uh ask to talk to your other guides clients you know or outfitters clients if you have people that are um you know have have had trips with him he'll be happy to provide them to you and if he doesn't want to provide you anybody that's a red that's a red mark right there that's a that's a warning sign um, you know, chances are if he has some satisfied clients, he's going to send them your way and have them talk about how good things are. If not, that's again, another warning sign you need to be precautious with. So, um, that's my advice on that. All right. So where are we here? Uh, number eight, what kind of licenses will you or your guide need? Now, a lot of guides in Texas need guide license to do what they do. Licenses, I should say licenses to do what they do. You will need a license to do certain things. And in bow fishing, for instance, it is the license to fish. You have to have a fishing license to be able to, to, to bow fish. Hunting hogs here in Texas. This is not the case in a lot of other states, but here in Texas, um, you have to hunt hogs with the license. You have to hunt anything with a license. Um, any kind of hunting activities where you're going after native or exotic game, or even invasive species, you have to have a license to do so. So um, those are the questions to ask. Those are the questions to look on the guide or outfitter's website or frequently asked questions if they have that section. You know, what kind of license do I need? What do I need to bring with me? You know, besides a good attitude, let's not forget about that. We'll talk about that in a minute. 
And, um, you know, those are just some of the things to ask. What kind of licenses does you or your guide need? And make sure your guide has all of his licenses, too. I've been in some situations where the guide got uh, or I've heard a lot of horror stories of the guide um, not having the right license. Uh, I've, I was in an experience just like this a few years ago where the guide did not have the proper guide license for a hunt. And it's just one of those things where you're like, wow, you know, these are probably things I should have found out about him earlier. So it's all about asking the right questions. So that's what the whole uh, point is of this podcast, this particular podcast. Okay, so number nine, we're almost to the end. If overnight stay is required, will the arrangements they have fit my needs? Now, this happens a lot of times to a lot of folks that bring their spouse with them. You know, um, us guys sometimes can live in a cardboard box. We could, uh, you know, shack up in a corner somewhere. We're pretty fine. A lot of times our wives are not quite as good if they want to come with us. And uh, you want to make sure that the accommodations are going to meet your needs. And they're going to be okay for you and your spouse if you're going with your spouse. Or if you're just going by yourself, you want to make sure that their accommodations are good. You want to get pictures of their accommodations. You know, um, one of the cases that I had recently was a friend of mine that I talked about. It was a mutual guy that he went with, mutual friend of mine that uh, he went hunting with one time. He had fire ants in his bed. That's how bad it was. This guy went to go work with another out- outfitting service and uh, there were fire ants in the guy's bed. Now, some of that stuff you can't um, predict. There, Some of those things you just don't know, you know what's going to happen. But, um, you know, it's good to ask questions and get those kind of things from the guide or outfitter in advance. So you kind of know what's going on. Um, but you want to make sure that what, what they have is going to meet your needs. One of the places that I work with. Uh, does not have indoor plumbing. They have a shower room that basically the cabin, um, it's a shower cabin, if you will. They have living quarters, but they have an outhouse for a, a toilet or a porta potty, I should say, porta potty for the uh, for the toilet. That's not going to fit for everybody. That's not going to be good for everybody that uh, that comes to stay there. You know, that's not going to be a fit for them. Uh, for some people, it's fine for me. I can pretty much go to the bathroom wherever, but it's not going to be a fit for my wife if she wants to come out and stay with me. So those are good questions to ask. If an overnight stay is required, will the arrangements they have meet my needs? So not a bad question to ask. <laughs> Number 10, the final question, what will be the total cost for this adventure? I put this last because it's one of the most um, elaborative sections that I talk about because there's a lot of hidden costs in a lot of different hunting and fishing excursions that you go on. And, um, you know, you want to know what the costs are so you can be prepared and have enough cash. This is especially true with outfitters that are outside of the United States, such as African outfitters. A lot of times you may buy a great sounding package that has all the animals that you want but once you get over there you better have the funds because you're, you're going to be upsold you know you're going to be sold uh more more potentially more uh animals and you've got to have the money to be able to pay for those so you want to plan well in advance for that and make sure you ask all those questions of what else is going to be factored in to uh to my trip you know as far as other other expenses you, you want to figure in a tip you know for your guide and normally i typically you know recommend about um you know 15 to 20 percent just like you were tipping in a restaurant uh if your guide or outfitter did a really good job for you you know figure out to tip the guide at least you know 20 to 25 percent of of your total trip of your adventure and, um, I, I have often tipped really well because I've really had that good of a time. And these guides, you know, spend a lot of money on the trip, spend a lot of money on gas, spend a lot of money and, 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 and time 
with you, you want to make sure you show your appreciation because a lot of guides depend on only tips. That's one of the ways that they get paid. So um, that's kind of a thing. You want to bring cash for a tip too. You don't want to end up, you know, trying to swipe a credit card somewhere at an ATM somewhere late at night. I've had experiences with that with friends of mine that didn't bring enough cash for their trip and uh, aren't uh, aren't thinking enough about, um, you know, how to tip their guide or their outfitter um, for uh, for the end of the trip. So, um, cash is still king in most outdoor businesses. So that's a good question there. Um, one of my fishing guides, again, I'll refer back to Marty McIntyre with the GarQuest. He, uh, he has a uh, sign on his boat that says, this boat does not run on thank yous. <laughs> so there are fixed costs with, uh, fishing guides, especially in hunting guides with their time, with their expenses, with their gear, with their hardware, with, with all the different things that they have and that we could break as, as clients or, uh, run through or wear out or whatever the case may be. You want to make sure you tip your guide accordingly. And uh, especially if they did a good job, tip them well. That's a very good point. That is a very good point. So um, you want to be be aware, back to my point of what's the total cost of the adventure, you want to be aware of trophy fees and hunting. You want to be aware of extra add-on trips and fishing trips. You just want to be aware of what might be coming up and make sure you have enough money or make sure you know what you want and what you don't want. You know, if there's something added on to a to a hunt. I've been on many hunts, uh, many guided hunts with folks that just say, well, I came here to shoot a black buck antelope, but I saw this red stag over here that looks nice. I like to come and try to hunt him too. You know, I saw him in passing when we were going to the stand or going out to do a spot and stalk or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, can I hunt him too? So you want to make sure that you, you know what you want. And sometimes you may just have the money or have a credit card on file that you want to just charge and get that extra animal. But you want to make sure that you are prepared for that and uh, make sure you know what you're getting. So, um, you know, those are just a few tips that I talk about, you know, in this article. If you want to read it, the keywords to, to look for are top 10 things, I think. If you type that into fishgame.com in the search box that drops down, you just type in top 10 guide or top 10 outfitter or something like that. It'll come up as an article that I wrote if you want to read the article. Like I say, it's a little bit over 3,000 words, so it's a long read, but it's a good read, I think. I think you, you get a lot out of it um, from uh, from reading the whole thing. But uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to join us on the show today and listen to this show, listen to this podcast, and I hope you've learned some stuff. I hope we've kind of laughed together and, uh, <laughs> you know, had some, had some fun, and uh, I really enjoy doing this with you every week or every other week when we record these things so thank you so much for uh tuning in checking us out and uh, again please subscribe to the show and rate the show online that will help you find more shows uh that we have done in the past and also help you um to uh to get all the best of the outdoors has to offer so thank you so much for tuning in checking us out and have an awesome day in the outdoors mm-hmm.